KRCL, Salt Lake City. Support for Radioactive on KRCL comes from our sustaining members and Mark Miller Subaru. Welcome to Radioactive. We are, of course, your show for grassroots activists everywhere, community builders, punk rock farmers, DIY creatives, and we are here every weeknight at 6 p.m. I'm Nick Burns. It is June. It is Pride Month. It's here. We want to get into a little bit of good trouble tonight. And it's just as simple as that. So later on the show, we're going to have a panel. We're going to welcome Jessica Dumar, one of the three new CEOs at the Utah Pride Center. Probably have something to talk about there. Mike Walton's going to join us of the Utah Bears. You know him, of course, from Thursday Night Psych Out right here on KRCL. Jacob Buck of Stonewall Sports, rather. He'll be here. And Liz Pitts, president and CEO of the Utah LGBTQ Chamber. But first... It's always, I think, rallies and resources. So, Laura Jones, executive producer, Radioactive, hi. Hi. You're looking pretty comfortable in the driver's seat tonight, I must say. Oh, I've got the I've got the good chair here. Yes, it's mm-hmm. kind of fun. So, anyway, rallies and resources—a list of events and stuff about town that we think the radioactive listener will be uh, interested in. So, you can find that at krcl.org under the Community Affairs tab. I wanted to talk current events, though, since we have a Pride preview. Yes. Extravaganza, cavalcade of Pride stars on the show tonight with you, Nick. Uh, late last night, was it? The Utah families filed a lawsuit challenging the state's ban on transgender girls playing school sports. Plaintiffs are represented by the ACLU of Utah, the National Center for Lesbian Rights, and the firm Wilson, Sonsini, Goodrich, and Rosati. So that is now in motion here in Utah after Utah lawmakers said, you know, there's what, one to maybe four transgender student athletes that this would affect. Right. This lawsuit involves families of two youngsters who are, you know, basically tweens Mm -hmm. who just want to play volleyball and just want to be involved in their school sports teams. And so, you know, the legal guns are coming out. I think it's kind of exciting. Not unexpected, that's for sure. not at all. And in fact, tomorrow night, Sue Robbins, radioactive co-host emeritus, will be here to talk about that. And also, Sue is the guest editor for the Pride issue of City Weekly this week. So be looking for that on newsstands, but you can also get it digitally, uh, online. And I just want to do a a quick highlight. I'm sure you're going to get to all this with your guests, Nick, but Pride Weekend so uh, it looks like there's a march and rally Friday, June 3rd, 8.30 p.m. Festival, Saturday, June 4th, 1 to 11, and Sunday, 11 to 7. And, of course, the fantastic Pride Parade, Sunday, June 5th, starting at 10 a.m. Lots of activities. And if you check the show notes as well as rallies and resources, folks, you will be able to uh, stay up to speed on all of that. Good trouble for Pride, right? I hope so. Some good trouble for Pride. It's kind of exciting. I mean, mm-hmm. if for folks... Of a certain age, one can remember the Pride Parades from 50 years ago, and things have just changed one whole hell of a lot since then, and it's I pretty exciting. I wanted you to maybe explore that a little bit, because you have a wider view on this than I do in oh. terms of like well, the time when, on history. You know, after Stonewall and after more folks were more comfortable being out, you know, there was a certain, I think, level of outrageousness. It's yeah. like we really want to be out. We're sick of being in the closet. Yeah. And especially San Francisco uh, achieved a, not a, a lot of notoriety, I want to say, back in the Anita Bryant days, the, the rise mm-hmm. of hate. Um, I think drove many in the gay community to be even more out 
Um, mm. And that flamboyance was really pretty exciting to experience and I think pretty shocking to a dominant culture that just wasn't used to it. But now the pushback, right? We've got it's our own Senator Mike oh. Lee wanting to get content warnings <laughs> about LGBTQ characters and stories it's on ridiculous. film and TV. Um, and we talked about that a little bit last night on the show uh, because of the Interfaith Pride Worship Service that's happening tomorrow night, First Baptist here on Sa- in Salt Lake City on 13th East and 7th South, and Glitter Blessing, and just how um, the two pastors are hearing from their from their congregation that they feel almost pressure to get back in the closet. So I'm interested to hear what your guests will say about that tonight as and well. And it'll be a great panel when we have mm. all those folks on the show. But first, we do have some other rallies oh, and resources, yes. which are just kind of exciting. Princess Kennedy is here. <laughs> Hi, Hi Princess. everybody. I'm so excited to be here again. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming back. We talked to you in April, and you were getting ready to do a service project with transgender and non-binary youth. Can you just kind of report back on that for us, how that went, and then tie it to Pride, because you're doing more. Yeah, I'm doing a lot. It's Pride, and this is my busiest time of year. So uh, last April, I did um, a service project to kind of help raise money with the um, National Transgendered Oh, the National Center for Transgendered Rights. I did a big fundraiser for them where we did haircuts and raised a bunch of money for these teen kids that are that are um, coming through um, and having to deal with this awful sports thing, mm-hmm. you know. And um, you have to, I don't know, you have to realize how hard it is to be a <laughs> trans kid already in yeah. high school, which, you know, it was hard enough for me back in a million years ago when I went prehistoric. Was that here? Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so just having to go through and be centered out and being having those things taken away, I, I kind of did that with that. There's something called the Dress Code Project that is um, mostly an Instagram thing where people can find resources for uh, mostly hair stuff. Uh, if you find the hashtag Dress Code Project, it means it's a trans-friendly salon. So I was working with that. But uh, we're going to be leading that into this Saturday down at the library. The library will be... My hair salon is inside the library. It's called Salon at Library Square. And we'll be doing, uh, all day long, we're going to be doing um, with the LGBTQ uh, and non-binary uh, kids and allies of Salt Lake City. They're going to be coming in, and we're going to be painting identification flags on people, so pride flags of all kinds, the, the non-binary flags, lesbian flags, whatever you want. We're going to paint on you, and then we're going to cover you in glitter, and we're going to send you out to the That's festival. That's oh. on glitter blessing right there. <laughs> yes. The library should love having all that glitter <laughs> on the books. And all the different flags, right? I yeah. remember when there was only one, I and now everybody can have a flag. You've got a flag. I've got a flag. Totally cool. Project God Rainbow. Them. Shout oh. out to them. Uh, yeah. For all the flags staked around the state of Utah, more than 50 So come see us for that. It's going to be from 1 until 4 on Saturday inside the library at my salon at Library Square. And Princess Kennedy, there is also, I think we're almost up to 10 years, your rooftop party at Green Pig. Yes. Pretty we, amazing. It is. We're going to be doing 10 years next year. It's the ninth year. Okay. Uh, we've gone from hundreds to thousands. You just said that, actually. We started out with just like maybe 100 or less people on the first year. And now, last year, we had somewhere around 5,000 people wow. show up because I not only have the rooftop party of the Green Pig, or the rooftop portion of the Green Pig and the inside portion of the Green Pig, but the city uh, is lovely enough to let us rent out for a lot of money cactus street which is right outside by um exchange place i've got eight djs i've got you know food and fun and dancing there's djs in the street there's djs inside i've worked extra hard this year to go out and find 
the non-traditional DJs that everybody seems to see at every party. So I've got DJs of all colors and all sizes and all genders and non-genders that I have incorporated this year. And so I want you to come down and have something, have some fun and open your mind and dance to something that's a little bit different. So it covers the complete spectrum of the rainbow. I wow. love that. And we'll put links in the show notes, Nick. So right, links to the show notes. It. And there's also something you're doing this year, and I can't recall if you've done this in the past, and that's during the actual parade. <laughs> buttonholing and chatting with folks yeah so at the beginning of the parade before i have to go to my party at 11 <laughs> which is from one to, which is from noon to nine on yes. sunday uh starting about 8 a.m i'm gonna go down on the parade route with a film crew for Damney's Heels, which is the Gay and Lesbian Film Festival uh, from the Utah Film Center. It comes up in July, uh -huh. right? It comes up around the July 15th usually is when it, it happens. And so I'll be out on the street asking people questions about their first recollection of queer cinema or a queer actor or a queer scenario of what they're you know, and how that affected them and what they remember. Do you, can you remember anything? Yeah, from I was just thinking my beautiful laundrette. Oh, yeah, that's Ooh. a good one. That's good. That's a good one. That's mine, Daniel Day-Lewis is like one of his first uh -huh. roles, I think. Yeah, mine was The Hunger. We were just oh, talking yeah. about it out there. I'm mm -hmm. stealing that from one of the people the outside hunger. because that was it. The that Hunger may have been first for me, but for some reason, my beautiful laundrette just stands out. Well, stands the beautiful laundrette kind of goes against the famous Bechtel rule, right, yeah. with what happens to gay and lesbian couples in movies. So my beautiful laundrette kind of push the world in a Such new way. A movie. What Such about Rocky Horror Picture Show? Because of that course. was huge I mean, in yeah, Utah. Yeah, that was huge in Utah. I remember going to the Blue Mouse every weekend huh. yeah. for, for that. Trench coat, toast. Yeah. Hot dogs, the whole bit. Yeah, I, I actually inherited some of their theater seats <laughs> when, they, when they closed down. I can't imagine <laughs> what oh. So then be. what are you going to do with these kind of princess on the street bits? Well, so I'm just, you know, and if you're down there, so the film center is going to be um, – Putting them all together and, you know, putting together, I think, something for Down These Heels that where people will be talking about queer cinema and how it's affected their life and whatnot. So there'll be a bunch of stuff that probably plays, I'm going to assume, before the yeah. movies. Well, then let's commit to right now doing a Princess Kennedy queer cinema show on Radio I Active. love that. Oh, that'd be I good. I love right. that. I love cinema. And so and I know a lot of queer stuff. <laughs> so that'll be perfect. <laughs> that was such a great non sequitur. So, all right. So, where can folks follow you? Because there's so much that you do in the community there as well. There is so the party. much you could do. So, uh, I most likely you could get a hold. You can find me and DM me and all that other stuff on uh, Princess Kennedy Official on Instagram, and then. Uh, Princess Kennedy on Facebook and then as for all the others damnetheseheels.org slcpubliclibrary.org and krcl.org There you go. We'll put it in the show notes <laughs> oh, and resources. Totally. And Princess Kennedy I just want to say for all the trans kids out there here you are right here on the radio you've got your hair salon you survived high school in Utah it's, and you are who you are today. It's pretty amazing. It's possible. It's yeah, possible. it and is. You know it's it, uh, the people who went through the awful stuff that before me went through it so that I didn't have to and I went through the stuff that I had to so that you don't have to and everything you're going through now is so that somebody next generation doesn't have to go through it so just keep your head up you can do it thanks PK thank you thank you all right Nick you're driving so where are we have oh. next a little Talia Keys and the Loves Talia Keys and the Loves but I do want to give a shout out to Heal Utah which has a link on their site healutah.org and Laura we can get it in the show notes mm -hmm. I just want folks to know and it's a little bit off topic to pride but June 6th is the public comment deadline for the EPA's new cross-state air pollution rule this is the rule that would require um, coal-fired power plants to put in selective catalytic controls and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And according to this rule, if the power companies can't comply, 
or can't come up with an alternative way to comply, they have to shut down by 2027. Right, so that's that. pretty cool. I want to so put that in the show notes. So, so that is can link to it. that is June 6th is the end of public comments on that, and Just that's uh, we'll we'll put that in the show notes. So folks ought to drop a note to the EPA, like I've done. Mm -hmm. But yeah, tally keys in the loves. Why don't? Why don't and the love rather? Why don't we go. hit that song? So you just drag that cursor on over to the start button, and away we go, Nick Burns. And on Radio we'll Active. be back on Radioactive. I love Tilia.
come home The ice is melted, I'm ready to go with you If you will go I would like to know the Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru and their Loves Diversity Initiative. Mark Miller Subaru is a proud community partner of Project Rainbow, spreading love together this Utah Pride Month. Learn more at projectrainbowutah.org or markmillersubaru.com. Support for KRCL comes from our listeners and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Gender Bands is a Utah-based nonprofit helping transgender people pay for transition-related costs. Applications for transition grants open November 1st. For details, visit genderbands.org. Welcome back to Radioactive. I am Nick Burns. Do keep it tuned on your community connection. 7 p.m., of course, is Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. Rude Awakening with Liz Schulte happens at 8. Maximum Distortion, Forgash and Cody D comes your way at 10.30. And do please start a brand new day with John Florence at 6 a.m. And, you know, you can listen to On Demand. You can listen On Demand to all the last two weeks of any of our shows, including this episode of Radioactive. So check it out on the website. Hit the programming tab at krcl.org. It's all made possible thanks to you, to listeners like you who donated during Radiothon. So let's jump into this Pride preview panel discussion. We've got a wide-ranging group. I'm happy to talk to a whole group. I hope a whole group is happy to talk with me. But Jessica Dumar, you are one of three new CEOs at the Utah Pride Center. Yeah. So it's, it takes three of you to run the Pride Center now? Apparently. <laughs> it's a lot more fun that way, and I think it's effective, especially in the turnover that we've had. So. And I want to ask a little bit about that, because I think you all have probably been in the news way more than you want to be in the news. Yeah, yeah. Because there's still plenty of good work that you're doing. Yeah. So thanks for that. And Mike Walton of the Utah Bears. Everyone knows you from Thursday Night Psych Out, so thank you. I don't know. Everyone knows me, but a, a, a few of them. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Well, thanks for being here. And I want to ask about Utah Bears, the group that you're involved with specifically. And for folks who aren't in the know, we need to probably talk about bears a little bit in general in terms of sure. gay culture. So yeah, absolutely. I'm going to uh, get into that. Right now? or Give me a quick run through. I'll give you a so quick run through. Let's tease some folks. Uh, I, so the Utah Bears has been incorporated since 2011. We actually are a... 501c4 organization so that we can do our charitable giving we, we do we do service projects but mo mostly we're a 
social men's organization. Of course, we're open to anyone who identifies as male. We uh, love our uh, trans men who come and hang out with us. And generally, anybody who wants to hang out with the Utah Bears is welcome to hang out with the Utah Bears. Let's talk about the definition of a bear. That'd be good. It's fairly loose. Okay. Uh, we're a big fan of people self-identifying. You have, you have bears, which is, generally speaking, a larger, hairier uh, person of, uh, of the male persuasion. But... We, we don't have, like, a cutoff. There's no rule how, for your group? There's okay. super-duper no rules. And, we I mean, that's one of the things we've talked about a lot is, like, if you want to call yourself a bear, you're a bear. That's fine. It's not in anybody's interest to go around policing and gatekeeping these kind of terms. It's super uninteresting, if, if nothing else. You also have cubs, which can be simply a smaller, chubbier, hairy guy, or... <laughs> Simply someone, or someone who's younger, or simply someone who is attracted to and likes uh, the bearish type. Okay. Again, we let people self-identify when we do things like the the Mr. Bear and Mr. Cub contest, which we do most years. The last couple of years we haven't been able to for obvious reasons, but we don't, you know, you're not enough of a cub to run as Mr. Cub. It's, uh, come uh, on. Well, what I really like hearing is that the sort of divisions that we saw, I want to say back in the 1980s historically, right? There were bears who wouldn't get along with other men who were gay and other men who sure. were gay wouldn't get along with bears because everybody had these value judgments. And it's so nice as we roll into pride that we're kind of past that. I, I definitely think so. And I think that was more a thing of the 90s because there was mm. there was definitely some reaction within the gay community to men who felt a little more masculine for example who were not pretty at all going to gay bars and feeling ostracized oh um and some of that comes from age too our group in particular tends to skew older interesting but we have we have the full range there's there are so many men in our group that are not bears by anybody's standards so they just want to hang out with us because we're low drama and very accepting. We've been referred to as the the island of misfit gays more than once because we <laughs> we accept everybody. And there's oh. and there's quite a few people who, you know, maybe they're on the spectrum. They don't get along with mm -hmm. some of the other gay groups. We welcome them with welcome arms, with open arms. And I know we're on the radio, but I do like your little bear on your ball oh, cap you. today. I, so, I was yeah. looking for more bear gear. This is the only <laughs> one I could find. The oh. most. So also joining us, Liz Pitts, you are the president and the CEO of the Utah LGBTQ Chamber. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having Just me. Just get up on the mic. That'd be great. Thank you for having me. So this is a group, you know, you're open to businesses of all sizes. You know, there, there isn't like a rule for being involved in your chamber. There is no rule for being involved okay. in your chamber other than you're either LGBTQ or an ally. Okay. So... Does that help your organization grow? I mean, I guess I want to ask, Does are, do people feel like I don't want to belong, even though a lot of businesses want to belong to the chamber? Are there businesses that, like, don't want to associate because of other businesses that do? Do those divisions come up? I'm not aware of any divisions like that okay. coming up. We have um, many, many businesses, like you say, of all sizes, mostly small businesses, most, mostly local businesses, but we also have corporate partners, and um, we have – Many people doing photography, many people doing mental health services, many people doing a number of different businesses. And there's not 
like an exclusivity or like I don't want to be part of the chamber because there's another yeah. bar or something like that. No, well, I just think, see that. you know, back in the day here at KRCL, there were a couple of gay themed shows and there were, I hope it's fair to say this, underwriters who said, I'd be happy to help you, but only if you get rid of those shows. But, of um, course, KRCL yeah. said no. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it, people can try and make rules. So I'm glad for you. How long have you been around? Yeah, 10 years. This is the 10th anniversary of the Utah LGBTQ Chamber of Commerce since we actually oh, wow. did become a 501c6. Uh, a little bit before that, there was a business association, a gay business association, and that's how a lot of chambers, and especially diversity chambers like ours, start with people with certain affinity, cultural affinity, want to get together and support each other and support each other's businesses. And how are you all involved in supporting the Pride and Pride Parade this weekend? Uh, are you we one of the sponsors? Will, um, we have a booth okay. at the festival. Super. Um, and a number of our member businesses will be there. And that's I presume food, all kinds of businesses, all kinds of merch, right? In part, If you've got 140-some small businesses... There may yeah. be. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know who all the food vendors are at just, the Pride Festival this yeah. year, but we did just have a really great queer food festival earlier in May where we were highlighting and supporting a number of our food and beverage okay. businesses. And we had a wonderful time over at Mountain West Cider, just around oh. the corner here. Awesome. And we'll be doing that annually Ooh. going forward. Okay, so that's kind of a pre-Pride thing, right? Do a feast, what'd you call it, a feastable? Feastable. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and Jacob Buck, Stonewall Sports from Salt Lake City, LGBTQ plus and ally community-based nonprofit, but you all are yes. you all are sports, 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 yeah. sports. We're a, a 21 and over sports organization. We're actually part of a larger nonprofit that's a national organization. Oh, okay. Uh, so we're the 16th city out of about 24 uh, we started in 2019 with actual participants. <laughs> in 2018, we got the green light to start. Um, and I started with two other people on the board, and now we have about 10 people on the board and four committees with about three people in each of those committees. And we've served over 1,500 participants, and we currently have 300 people signed up for oh, kickball. Wow. So. And you also, like Utah Bears talking with Mike here a minute ago, you also are very philanthropic. That's sort of a basis for what you do yes, is to help others and definitely. spread money around. So part of what we want to do is be a philanthropic organization where, you know, we're making money with people paying for the sports. So uh, we want to make sure that we're doing events or giving back to the community. Uh, recently we have, well, every season we will have a Miss Stonewall Um MX is the pronoun to be gender neutral. And uh, from that um, event, we have like one person from each team perform in drag. Typically, it's their first time, but we raised about $1,400 for Gender Bands, which is a nonprofit that helps uh, people pay for top or bottom surgery. Oh, totally awesome. Yeah. What kind of sports? I mean, are we talking um, bowling league, softball? Yeah, what all do you do? Yeah, so we have about five sports that we've okay. done. Um, but we're hoping to grow in the next year to uh, we started in 2019. So we had like two years, uh. of you know, like, what are we going to do? <laughs> um, but since being back uh, this year, we're going to start pickleball for the first time in the fall. And uh, we've done kickball, sand volleyball, dodgeball, bowling. And we tried to do darts, but it was in March of 2020. So, uh. 
you know hit the mark on yeah, that one we had like 30 wise. people signed yeah. up we were excited uh, to do it and then winter sports beyond bowling i mean skiing that kind uh, of stuff we did dodgeball dodgeball uh, okay we're gonna try to work with some of the um different ski venues and such to do possibly a national tournament here mm. uh, we have an annual tournament where all the stonewall cities get together uh, this year it's in cleveland and hopefully we win the bid for an upcoming year and you mentioned there's a whole bunch of these leagues and cities all over, yeah. all over the country, mm-hmm. yep. uh, outside the country, around the uh, world, too? No, it's actually just in the U.S.? US yeah. It started in D.C., and okay. we're the first West Coast city because I moved here from Chicago. Really? Uh, yeah, so I was like, well, there's no queer sports Did in Salt Lake. <laughs> like, there's so many gay people. Why are we not what? playing <laughs> together? <laughs> they just oh. weren't organized yet. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> there's the people here, though, definitely, like the need. It's been incredible to see. All right. Well, I want, I want to make sure people know how to get involved if they want to join Softball yeah, or whatever, so I want to talk yeah. about that. But Jessica Dumar, bring you back in here. We mentioned one of three CEOs. Do you sort of bifurcate or divide up? Like, what's your CEO work? Or is, yeah, is everybody um, fighting for the same work? I mean, we, we do work together a lot, and so I am primarily over legal and operations. So. So do you have a law background? I do, yeah. Interesting. So judge and you're, the, <laughs> you're the judge and jury at the, oh, okay. So. No, <laughs> no that's not that's the way it works. <laughs> and were you involved with the Pride Center before coming in as CEO? Um, so I came in and did compliance for a little bit. Okay. And then um, in, whenever our CEO resigned, then we moved into the co-CEO model and um, worked on stabilizing the organization. So, is that typical among nonprofits to have multiple CEOs, or are you sort of charting new ground? We're kind of charting new ground. Yeah, it's um, a different model, and I think that it has been effective in, especially where the Pride Center was, and in creating a more stable environment and working on that um, issue within the Pride Center. So, and for folks who are totally maybe new to radioactive or new to the community, the difference between what you all do at the Pride Center and Equality Utah, if we were going to divide those groups up in terms of emphasis and what all you're doing to help the community, how would you split what you do from what they do? Um, So I would say while Equality Utah does educational things, we also do educational things. We do some political things. We're we're formed as a 501c3, which means that we are a full nonprofit, and Equality Utah is a 501c4. So they are a political action. Um, So there's a difference there. You're fine. Um, And we also provide mental health within our organization, and we have support groups, and we have youth groups, and we have senior groups. Um, Essentially, we strive to be the community center. Okay. You raised a good point there that I think we should make sure folks realize, and that's Equality Utah can engage in political advocacy, lobbying. They can be up on the Hill, buttonholing legislatures. I hope for positive good, but your focus is, like you say, community-based mental health treatment, and with your 501c3, you're sort of excluded from that kind yeah, of ad- legal I, advocacy You have to have side. a de minimis legal advocacy. So um, we hold that line where we work with the community that we live in and build a safe space. So that's our goal. 
And how's things, and, and I don't want to sound overly pushy, but how's it going since all the staff and all the turmoil and now with the three of you? How are you feeling? Yeah, I feel really positive about oh, the good. future. It's, I mean, every day is exciting and we have lots of plans for, um, like we came on and it was planning the Pride Festival just really quickly (laughs) Um, we came on middle of January and it was full steam ahead towards the pride festival so we've been talking a lot about strategy moving forward to make the pride center more inclusive to make it a space where people can feel safe perhaps getting more involved or to the amount we can get involved in um, advocacy and really um, protecting and supporting our community well, on the one hand, that's really fortunate, all this change, and you had something to jump into right away that's very positive and exciting. So yeah. good timing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We opened, <laughs> I mean, the well. center had been closed. We opened the center, I believe that was April 4th, and we've increased our support groups. Um, we went from having, I can't, I, Whenever I came on, we were only holding two support groups. At that time, they had decreased through the holidays, so I know that there were at least eight. But now we're having about four support groups a night, and so it's we're we're really doing great work, and I'm really excited about the direction that we're headed. It's been a lot of work, though. Been a lot of work. So you have this legal background, a law degree, and that's one third of the CEOs. What expertise do the other two bring? Yeah. So Ben came to us from the San Francisco Ballet. And so he did communications and marketing there. And he came on initially to do development for the Pride Center. Um, He had worked with the... um, I want to say the Gay and Lesbian Community Center in San Francisco. Um, He was on the board there. So a lot of, he has a lot of work in this community um, and working with nonprofits. So kind of exciting. I love his, um, his input whenever we're working on things. He has a really balanced approach. And then Tanya comes from, she's a commissioner and she is, phenomenal she's she was on the board previously and came to us from the board so she had been on the board for about five years and she'd watch some turnover and some changes and she's really using her insight and expertise to help guide us through and really build the community partnerships that we need well i think it's a great model that three of you can all be together, be in the same room, and three of you can run the organization after all the turmoil and hubbub and so yeah. on. So congrats and I on think that. it's really nice because there's very little ego between the three of us, so that's kind of fun. We, you know, it's more like, hey, no drama, you, man. Not in, no, oh. we're very low drama, which oh. is <laughs> like <laughs> we get in a room and you know, like unless we completely disagree on something, and we'll we'll work through mm. it, but. Um, yeah, very little drama, just a lot of action. So. Jess- Jessica Dumar, one of the three new CEOs running the Utah Pride Center. This is Radioactive. I'm Nick Burns, talking with Jessica Dumar, talking with Mike Walton, talking with Jacob Buck and Liz Pitts. We got quite a group here. Mike, come back around to you, Hi. Utah Bears. You are also philanthropic. What all are you working on in terms of spreading money and joy and goodness around? 
you know, I wish I had written down the name, but we just this week gave like $1,200 to a, uh, a pet charity, a, a dog rescue. I don't remember the name of it, but I can say that we raised that money through an underwear auction at a Club Triangles, and it was so fun. Oh, It was hilarious and sexy and silly and fun, and apparently there's some... Uh, <laughs> There's some boys are, out there with a lot of money who like underwear. Oh. <laughs> Man, the ways we can make money the for Pride we, Month we, is just fantastic. We are really creative when it comes to raising money. Oh. So, I mean, the, a lot of the money that we raise goes just to our, our, our uh, operations, and then we traditionally kind of wait till the end of the year to make our our donation, but they just wanted to get it out of the way, and, and all those puppies and kitties are going to be that much more taken care of. So you're taking care of puppies and kitties. You're selling underwear. Do you and the and the folks within the group, are you out there? I mean, you've got to go find the money somewhere. Sure. So um, this was part of an event that happened, I guess it's a couple weeks ago, okay. uh, called Bear Vasion, where we had people come in from out of town. And, you know, we had to change our venue a couple of times, but we stuck with uh, Club Triangles, which is just a great, fun little venue that's still around. Um, and we do uh, lunch once a week. Okay. We're, I'm, I'm skipping uh, a coffee and, and dinner. Uh, did I say lunch? I meant dinner. We do weekly dinners every Wednesday night at, at 7 o'clock, and we meet for coffee at 6 o'clock at sort of like coffee break on 4th South. It's like 4.30 East, 4th South. And we have you know holiday parties we have a, a a yearly camp out in McCammon Idaho that we go to that's uh, that's probably our biggest event we get people from all over the, com the that country sounds coming kind for of that. scary fun actually it's very very <laughs> fun and not at all scary oh Jacob Buck Stonewall Sports we were talking about you're going to start getting into pickleball you've got all these different sports you're doing you are also philanthropic you are also spreading money and goodness around so for pride and for this summer yeah, so this summer we have uh, kickball starting finally uh, since 2019. Yeah, we'll just forget those two <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just act like they didn't exist. Um, but yeah, we're going to be in the parade this Sunday. Okay. We're super excited to do that. Uh, we'll have our kickoff event on the 18th, I believe, of this month. Uh, yep, it's the 18th, uh, where people can come and learn how to play kickball. Uh, we're going to have vendors. Some of our donors are going to be there, um, including a spa and coming to do like massages and stuff. Um, so it's just going to be a, a day in the park to come learn to play and enjoy each other's company. And then we'll, we'll kick off our season um, on the 26th of this month. And we usually have about six to eight weeks of play um, for each sport. So we'll, it'll go until the next season of uh, fall. Do a number of your participants like go from sport to sport to they sport? They do. So okay. it'll be really interesting. This is our first year where we're going to have overlapping seasons. Uh, the first year that we started, we wanted to make them very defined so people could join multiple ones if they were curious or wanted to try them. We're also trying to get like various levels of sports, right? Because some people that play kickball um, might think it's too easy or some people that play <laughs> volleyball are like, I want to compete and uh, play against people that are 
more challenging. So we're trying to provide the opportunity for people to be competitive and have fun, but also have a social division where people can come and get drunk and enjoy themselves <laughs> if so they want it. <laughs> softball, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, softball has actually been around in this city for about 12 years. Okay. We're actually hosting the World Series next year uh, for the gay softball uh, championships. Uh, they won that bid through the Pride Center, the I'm sure, helped a lot with that, but uh, Visit Salt Lake did a lot of that work. The World Series for... The World Series yeah. for gay softball. Yeah. Men's, women's, everybody? It's, it's co-ed. Mixed? Co-ed? Mm-hmm. I'm sure the women's are better, but <laughs> think about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just checking. Okay, Liz Pitts, thank you. You you are the president and the CEO of the LGBTQ Chamber. You know, your businesses, 140-some-plus businesses, are all a part of it. We're talking with folks here tonight on the panel who are all part of philanthropic organizations helping the community, and yet there's so much hate and there's so much pushback. And again, to me, that just reflects progress. But I wonder how you and your members are feeling these days when there is kind of progress, but there's this incredible backlash at the same time. It's a very good question. Um, our members are feeling good. Oh. Um, people in queer communities are some of the most loyal customers of businesses, and all smart businesses market to LGBTQ folks. Um, now, I can say that really easily being here in downtown Salt Lake City. I just traveled to St. George last week to try to get some business community up and running in the areas. Oh. And one of the main goals of uh, the strategic goals of our organization this year is really to do right by our namesake. And most of our business members are along the Wasatch Front and in Salt Lake County. Yeah. But we're doing a lot of work to try to help small rural business owners who maybe don't have that same kind of fortune that we have living in a more urban area. So yes, I my experience as a Salt Lake person is very different than the experience of a woman who I spoke with down in Tokerville last week. Uh, very, very different. So I do understand I the mean, differences there. I could see the yeah. difficulty there. You want to market to a very loyal set yeah. of customers, but if you market to one set of customers, you could easily alienate another set of customers. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a difficult dance, I think. Yeah, I, it's uh, the it's not as difficult as it used to be. Oh, okay, that's well, for I, sure. Well, I think <laughs> of so. I think yeah. of the Queer Eye TV show, mm-hmm. right? That came back to local local Tan Francis, of course, one of the famous guys on that show. And on the very first episode of season one, they talked about we are now interested in acceptance. And they talked about the first Queer Eye for the Straight Guy show from ten years ago, which was in their mind about tolerance. Yeah. And, and they were drawing a distinction between tolerance and now acceptance. Yeah. And it sounds like from what you're saying, at least here along the Wasatch Front, we've kind of yeah. made, we're kind of going downhill on that acceptance side. Well, I don't yeah. know. I mean, there's definite pushback, like you said, which means there's real things happening. There's real progress being made. And it is scaring some people. But um, I did want to I, I do want to just shift gears for one minute. I do need to put in a plug for okay. um, our foundation arm, 
We are a 501c6. We're a chamber of commerce. However, we also do have a 501c3 organization called Safe Zone Utah, which we are currently relaunching. It was started with a little bit of funding from the Salt Lake City Mayor's Office. Uh, what we do with Safe Zone Utah is we are connecting small businesses and nonprofits with resources and trainings to make their spaces more inclusive and welcoming for their employees, for their customers and clients. And the one thing that distinguishes this program is that we are doing this free of charge. Because as many of us know, large corporations have DEI initiatives, diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives, and they have funding and they have budgets to use to do good work. Small business owners don't necessarily have the funding to do that. So we're doing a lot of grant writing, getting mm. private foundation grants, and we are using some of our corporate partner money to underwrite this program to create community impact. A greater, what kind of connection is there between your chamber and sort of the greater Salt Lake Chamber? Do, do the chambers all get together in hobnob, so to speak? Well, we do. Um, the Salt Lake Chamber is huge. Right. Um, we have two collaborations. We have a Wasatch Business Series collaboration, a key collaboration with other smaller Valley Area chambers, like Murray, Mill Creek, Sugar House, and a number of others. And then we also collaborate really impactfully with the Living Color Utah group, which is all the diversity chambers in the city, as well as the young professionals of Salt Lake, or I should say in the state, not just in the yeah. city. So yeah, we do a Very lot of good. collaborations with smaller smaller chambers. And Jessica Dumar, bring you back in from the Pride Center, one of the three CEOs. Your thoughts about progress and backlash and the sort of the milieu that we are in these days? Yeah, I mean, there's there are two things that I think. In 2019, a hate crime statute was passed that's effective and gives us reporting abilities, and it makes it so people actually can't, we can track the numbers. One of those things that you see a lot of times, especially in more organized or more safe places is that those crimes are going to increase because they're capable of reporting. And, but also we're seeing that there is still resistance. So as with progress, you're going to see people, like we've seen a lot of rhetoric about um, queer people in the in legislation this year. Like the legislation decided to like directly impact one trans girl. Right, it was a lot of work for one kid. Yeah, and so it was like w w the air quality in Utah is what, and we're working on <laughs> making sure that one trans girl can't um, actually participate in sports because there's equity in sports. Oh, right. Right? Like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, we need to really start directing where things are going. Because I think that, like Liz said, most people see the queer community and they are allies if they are not a part of our community. And so I think that there's power in recognizing the humanity that is there, but there is going to be people that as we make progress, they're going to be they're going to be louder. Right. And just earlier on the show, we were talking about the ACL lawsuit representing two of those girls who want to compete. You know, they're tweens, for God's sake. Mm -hmm. um, and we've seen Senator Lee, of course, spout and spout about I don't even want to get into it. Um, <laughs> I wonder, Mike, bring you back in here. Utah Bears 
talking about the backlash and talking about all that we have going on these days and talking about all the progress that's being made, I wonder, do you ever envision a time when we like don't need a Pride Month? If if we have fifty some weeks a year that are like the straight the straight weeks, and we have one one week and one month for Pride, could we envision not needing that? The gays or will never stop. Will will never. Oh, Jacob, thanks. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. I I agree. I think it's uh, it's interesting to see how Pride parades and festivals have evolved over the last uh, forty years. Um, because it was initially literally a riot to say, hey, quit beating us up and throwing us in jail just for being gay. And then it became so much about AIDS and HIV for a very long time. And then it became more about uh, marriage equality. I I don't think we should should ever stop having pride parades. I think that the role that they take could easily morph into something uh. else, something next, something new. I think it's relatively nice right now to just be like, yay, gay people, yay, LGBTQ people, yay, Yippee. Look, gay dogs, yay, gay dogs. <laughs> it's, gay geese, gay ducks. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And it's nice. And, it, of course, trans people are the political football right now. But yeah. as a gay man, it's so satisfying to not be the the political football that gets passed thrown back and forth yeah. from the the two factions we have here but it's we're not done there's yeah. there's so much more to do it no it, it, the, it, as long as there's a mike lee there's always going to be a mike walton fighting band oh good 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 it. thank you for that you raise a good point that you know a pride parade from 50 years ago didn't have a wells fargo float no. right and we've seen a huge change as corporations have come out, as politicians have come out and ridden, and you know, we didn't see that. So there, I guess we need to look at the progress, not only look at the backlash. Absolutely. Well, yeah. so the Utah Bears are, of course, going to be in the Pride Parade. Quick plug how, for the how Pride many, Center. How many bears will we We're, we're hoping for around 50, but, but uh, wow. the, the bears can be flaky, so it's hard to know. <laughs> Exactly they might still be hibernating. They might still <laughs> be in, in hibernation. Uh. But we love the Pride Center. <laughs> they are so important to this, this community. When I came out in 1990 at 16, there was a gay and lesbian youth group run by the Utah Pride Center, probably under a slightly different moniker. This was a long time ago, yeah. and it, it was a different vibe. But, oh, it was so important to, to surround yourself with other gay people, talking about our problems, talking about solutions. And... Um, that's not something that I think is going to go away. It's shifting. It's not It's not exactly the same. There are far more non-binary youth than there used to be. And that just didn't wasn't a thing in 1990 that I know of. People probably felt that way, but they didn't have a term for it. We weren't going to talk about it. And, and, of course, the gay and lesbian community used to be very suspicious of bisexual people. That was so unfortunate. It, that was – so we've, we've had some huge change. Um, Jacob, bring you back in here. You said you moved here from Chicago. I did. Um, Again, another city fairly accepting of mm-hmm. gay culture. Yeah. I wonder for you, changes that you've noticed in terms of backlash here and backlash there. Um, I, I mean, don't know about backlash. I feel like moving to Salt Lake, a lot of my friends were concerned because <laughs> they had no <laughs> reference of Utah. Uh. Um, and they were like, are you going to be okay? Because they knew I was involved in the community and just doing things like that. Um, but I moved here and... What brought you here? Um, 
a person. Okay. <laughs> but also a job. So I work for the Red Cross. Uh, actually, Stonewall is all volunteers. So everyone in the organization is a volunteer. Wow. From my position, the top all the way down. Uh, so none of us are paid. We're just doing it because we see the need and we want to meet the need. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I moved here in August of that year in 2018. I got it approved in October of that same year, and then we started in spring of 2019. So, so you jumped in. It took me three months to formulate this plan of making friends and bringing something to the community that I thought would be needed. And our second season, we had over 300 people sign up for kickball. So I knew it was something that was missing here. The right time. Good mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. And Liz Pitts, you mentioned 10 years? Yes. So tell me, tell me what it was like 10 years ago to start an LGBTQ plus chamber. I became involved in the LGBTQ plus chamber three years ago. Okay. However, I came out um, in Salt Lake City in 1984. So... <laughs> so you get the record here, the prize tonight? So um, what it's like to be in in Utah um, and out, uh, I actually marched in the first ever Pride Parade. Yay. Um, cool. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks. And, and what got you involved in the chamber? What got me involved in the chamber is I started going to the chamber networking breakfasts, and I was just drawn to the energy in the room to be honest the entrepreneurial spirit and the spirit of cooperation and uh, I just thought this is very exciting work being done so um, I joined the board um, and I was thinking about starting my own business I do actually have an L uh, LLC set up and what's your business I never really started. It. Oh, you're just now. I'm just helping other people. You're helping start other. Well, no, good for you. Yes, because instead I decided to start working in um, queer nonprofits. I was huh. the Pride Festival director in 2016-17, doing development work for the Pride Center in 2018, and yeah. Now and I'm here you are. Chamber. Okay. So one thing we've got a few minutes left here, but one thing I'm hearing all of you talk about in all of your different roles, from sports to the chamber to the Bears to the to the Pride Center, is this notion of networking. Whether it's sports bringing people together, businesses bringing people together, facial hair or body hair bringing people <laughs> together, or you know even three of you being the CEOs. Um, that's just huge. And I, I could even imagine a few years ago, we wouldn't even have been talking about that. Just the amazing way that all of you are creating these networking connections among groups of people in the Wasatch Front. And again, bleeding out to St. George and Ephraim and God knows however many towns. So good Is for you. Is that how you say that? Ephraim. Ephraim. Ephraim? Ephraim? Sorry. That's okay. I'm not from here. No, I thought yeah. you were joking. Oh. <laughs> Well, I, I just wanted to throw in that oh. I need to sign up for the, the Chamber of Commerce because I run my own business. So. All right. Yeah. And I'm super gay. So. It's, it's okay. Amazing. I think you'd have fun. Oh. I'm sure I would. Sign up. They, they throw great parties. They do. So. Definitely. Yeah. Go ahead. Grab the mic. I was going to say, when I first moved here, um, I was, like, nervous about starting it. I went to one of their breakfasts, and I just met some amazing people that were like, oh, wow, this is a great thing that you're going to try to do here. I got involved and um, they were just so supportive. They let us be in the chamber and support us. And then uh, the director at the Pride Center, 
he opened his doors. He was like, we would want to do everything we can. They made the Pride Festival free our first year in the parade. So it was just like immediately when I got here, like every group has been so welcoming and open to like supporting one another. And I think that's important, especially how resilient we can be to what's happening in the world right now. Well, thank you. And we've only got a couple minutes left, so I want to ask each of you, and Jacob, I might as well start with you. Sure. Pride this weekend, what are you most looking forward to? Oh, my gosh. Just being able to not wear a mask and be surrounded by queer people is going to be <gasps> wild. Uh, I think the parade, although we haven't had it, had it for like two years, it's like it's going to be beyond, I think. People are going to be... People are going to be crazy. Riled up. Yeah. <laughs> and Liz, what are you looking forward to? Oh, there's so much going on. Um, if <laughs> I may, can I just do so, a quick shout out to some of the other events also going on? Shout, in shout. June? We got okay. a couple minutes. Um, I want to shout out to the Sun Trap. They're doing amazing work. They're doing a drag king show tomorrow night, their first ever drag king show. They're going to have a block party all weekend long. I want to shout out Under the Umbrella Bookstore. If you have not heard of Under the Umbrella, yes. they just totally rock. Um, Caitlin there is doing a wonderful amount of work. They're just south of the Gateway Community Space. Talk about community space. There's fat yoga going on this week. Fat queer yoga going on this weekend. <laughs> and um, and I'm oh and uh, also learning to watercolor paint. Ogden's <laughs> own distillery, rock and roll. June 10th, they are having a huge coming out party where they're launching their Five Husbands label. If you have not seen previews of this, it is so cool. They have really captured the diversity in both gender and uh, all colors of people, or at least multiple colors of people. Uh, Ogden's own, June 10th. And um, <clears throat> then we're not going to stop in June, but I have to do another shout. Two Real more quick. shout outs. Real quick. Gaze of 47 at Twist Bar over <laughs> the uh, holiday weekend in July. And also check out Rock Camp SLC. They are doing amazing work for gender expansive youth in our community. Liz Pitts, thank you. President and CEO of the LGBTQ plus chamber. Mike, what are you looking forward to? Friday night is Bear Night at Club Triangles. We're going to have a booth at the festival, and we're going to be in the parade. So it's going to be a busy weekend. Pretty cool. In Je all the best ways. Oh, Jessica Dumar? I am looking forward to the march. I am a political activist at heart, and so anytime I can get out and listen to people who have hearts speak about what needs to change in our society i am thrilled so that's what i'm most looking forward to very good my thank you to all the guests tonight on the show pretty fantastic tomorrow on radioactive laura jones will talk with ramey with reverend rather amy altasar of flourish bakery as well as sydney shorter of the utah black chamber friday on radioactive as always it's true tales from the agrohood with aldine our own punk rock farmer featuring ninth west farmers market and a whole bunch of other good stuff including hashtag what's fresh you got a story you'd like to share let us know radioactive at krcl you can record something on your phone you can send it to us executive producer of radioactive laura jones thank Thank you. Also, Diego Bradley, usually our volunteer on Wednesday nights, couldn't join us tonight, but that's great. Plus, really, my thank you to everybody who steps up and donates to your Community Connection KRCL. If you like the show tonight, maybe you want to share it. You can listen on demand. You can check it out on the mobile app. 
all on your community connection. I'm Nick Burns. Democracy Now! is next. KRCL 90.9 FM, HD1, Salt Lake City, Ogden, Provo, 96.7 FM in Park City, and on the web at krcl.org. Are your jet skiing days in the past? Do you have a boat that won't float? A scooter that quit scooting? How about a car or truck that just won't go? Our friends over at Cars, Inc. can turn your unwanted modes of transportation into a tax-deductible donation. No fees, no hassle, and you get to help power your community radio station. Visit the support tab at krcl.org for details on donating.